Uh, great to have all of you who are uh, joining us uh, online. Um, someone wave back there. It's great to see you all. And can you re... Oh, perfect. You read my mind. Well, um, so y'all doing well? Good? Well, so, okay, well, good. I'm, I'm, yeah, there you go. Awesome, yeah. Um, so Ryan started us off on this series uh, that we've titled uh, One Another because um, all throughout the New Testament, there are these moments when it talks about one another and it's talking about those that are a part of the church and, and, and it makes this point about describing something about life within the church of how we're to interact or to treat uh, one another. And uh, there's a bunch of different ones, um, uh, like there's bear one another's burdens and there is be devoted uh, to one another and love one another. And uh, so this morning, I'm going to pick back up on this, and uh, I want to show you the one that uh, I'm going to talk about here this morning. Uh, it's found in Romans chapter 16, and we'll look at a few of them, but Romans chapter 16, starting in verse 16, it says this, greet one another with, there it is, a holy kiss. Yeah. And this is not just a one, and y'all look a little nervous. <laughs> um, uh, and it's not just in one place in the Bible. And it's not by just like one author in the Bible. Let me give you an example. Um, in 1 Peter, Peter writes this in chapter 5. He says, uh, greet one another with a kiss of love. He says, a kiss of love. And, you know, you think about this. It's a little weird for our culture, isn't it? Like we look at these verses and there's lots of them. And we just kind of like, well, yeah, well, let's just go on. In fact, um, when we were looking at all the one another's, I was like, yeah, we just skip that one, right? <laughs> I've never preached this, uh, on this before. I've never done a sermon on this. Probably most of you have never heard a sermon on like the one another's on kiss one another with a holy kiss, right? Um, not a lot of sermons out there. And uh, uh, Ryan uh, looked at a couple of things. and goes, well, there's actually some stuff behind all of this. And Stacy and Seth uh, chimed in and started looking at this stuff. And I was like, well, there, there could be an actual sermon on this thing. We, we should look at this. Um, because you just, you keep running into this again and again. Let me give you another uh, example here. This is in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 26. It says this, greet all God's people, not just like in a local place here or there, but it's like greet all God's people with a holy kiss. Like, wow, man. So turn to the person next to you. <laughs> no, don't do that. Um, <clears throat> uh, it is, it's kind of strange. It just like you see all of these places. <clears throat> Some of you are like, oh, darn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Didn't mean to get you real excited there, but just, right? Like, what's going on with this? Like, uh, what is this all about? Because this is strange uh, for us. Um, so, uh, several years ago, more than several years ago, um, uh, one Sunday after the service, uh, after I was done, I was kind of what we call the uh, welcome party, where I was kind of just greeting some new people, and there was someone that had been going to Casas, and they invited somebody new, and that person had showed up and introduced me and I stuck up my hand to shake his hand and he grabbed my hand. And you know, when you shake someone's hand, there's kind of like a rhythm to it. You both kind of, you get the timing down at the same time. So I grab his hand and we go up and I'm expecting like to go down on the thing. I go up and then he pulls my hand toward him and I stumble a little bit. He grabs my hand, pulls it in and begins kissing my hand. 
Like, and I'm like, like I'm getting really, like, and I say kissing my hand because it wasn't just like a real quick kiss. I mean, he held my hand there and I'm looking around, I'm just like, okay, I don't know what's happening here before. Like, this is the first time this happened. Um, I don't remember his name or just because I was a little overwhelmed by the moment on the thing. So then like a week or two later, he comes back and I just wasn't on my guard again. <laughs> so I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, man. And then he kissed my hand again. And it went on for a while. And then I'm like, okay, I'm ready for this thing now, right? And it went a couple of more weeks. And, um, and maybe I wasn't paying as close of attention as I should have been because it wasn't right after the service. Some, it, I can't remember when it was exactly, but I uh, ran up to the tech booth because I needed to say something to them. And he was standing right next to the tech booth. And I ran right up there to say something to the tech guys and turned and he was right there. And I, was just, and I know I had like a weird look on my face. And before I could do anything, he grabs my hand again. And this time I'm committed to like, okay. And I told him, I said, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. And I'm like pulling away. And he goes, but I do. I do. And I'm like, I'm just going to pull all the way out. He, he put like a death grip on my hands and then drops to one knee and pulls me down and begins kissing my hand. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this in this moment. But it all worked out really well because a few weeks later, Ryan was preaching. Yeah, and he showed up, and I knew about this, and Ryan didn't. And so over at the guest party, I needed to make sure Ryan had a chance to meet him. <clears throat> and I probably enjoyed that moment more than I should have. <laughs> Ryan had his hand thoroughly kissed uh, <clears throat> that, that morning. And, you know, in our culture... Uh, it's just like a strange thing, right? Like, and, and when we read uh, these spots like this, is that me? It is me. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Is that better? I'm just a little overwhelmed still. <laughs> Traumatized. Oh, um, no. Um, it's, there's kind of a weird thing uh, to this. And just to clear the air, right? What I don't think the Bible is saying on this is that it's saying, okay, y'all need to just go out and start kissing each other all the time everywhere that, you know, if you're a part of the church, this is, we're just going to start doing this. I don't, that's not where I'm driving. Um, and I don't think that that's a, a, the whole point of what's going on in this. But because it's kind of strange or it can feel a little uncomfortable at times, I want us to look back and look at the background to this a little bit and start with even understanding culturally um, just like, what did the kiss mean? Like, what was going on in this? And it's, and you know, uh, after the first service, I talked with some people that have lived overseas and stuff. And, you know, it's more prevalent even overseas in certain countries and stuff. And it gets lost on us a little bit. So I, I want us to look at this a little bit. You know, if you go way back in time, uh, a kiss, when you look at any language in any culture, like, it always has that association with something that is about um, romance or love at some level. But there's also this other element that you see uh, oftentimes. In fact, if you go all the way back like 800 BC and you look at uh, Homer who wrote like the Iliad and the Odyssey, um, what you see out of this was there's this meaning where a kiss could be used to denote uh, great devotion or a sense of belonging. In fact, the, 
the, you see this in the story of like the battle of uh, Troy between uh, different soldiers. You see it at the end of the Odyssey um, when Odysseus finally makes his way back. And when he gets back to his hometown, like all of these people line up to kiss him because it's this way of saying, you belong here and, we're, and we never gave up being devoted uh, to you uh, in this. When you look at uh, the Hebrew culture going way, way back, it also held this idea of what it meant um, to have loyalty uh, to someone or to belong, both formal and informal. It's interesting, when you look at the Middle Ages, uh, you see a little of this pop up, even though it occurred prior or after like the New Testament was written. Uh, you see this thing with knights, like when we think about, you know, like the classic thing in the Middle Ages where you think about knights. Um, oftentimes, knights would sign these contracts about providing protection. And the idea was like, uh, like I, will, I will belong to you. I will protect you as if you are like my own family or kin. And, and usually they would sign one of these contracts and it would, be, it would last for a year, but this is the commitment. And so to seal the contract, before they would sign it, to seal the contract, they would kiss. Like these two men would kiss after signing this contract. Interesting thing in this, not that it pertains to uh, what the Bible says here, but I'll just throw it out. It's a freebie. Um, oftentimes, because they didn't, uh, very few people knew how to read or write, how would they sign their name? With an X. So they would kiss to seal the contract and then oftentimes just put an X on the contract. So think about a moment where maybe even you wrote a little note to someone you loved and you put like an X at the bottom to signify a kiss, that goes back to medieval times about when they would kiss to seal a contract, okay? Now, back to the first century. If we go back to the first century uh, in the time when the New Testament was written, it was interesting. It took on this meaning. You kiss someone, as an, it was symbolic of that they were acceptable to you. So not just belonging, but acceptable uh, to you. The Egyptians would not kiss Greeks for religious reasons because they were like, they're not acceptable to us. Like they were, uh, Ari the Egyptians uh, didn't eat beef and the Greeks would eat beef and they're just like religious, like you're spiritually or religiously unclean and we, we're not gonna have anything to do with you. Uh, the Persians at this time, uh, they reserved the kiss to be this symbolic thing of acknowledging someone of like an equal stature with someone, that you are, you're acceptable to me and I to you because we have the same stature. Uh, a, there's a Greek historian by the name of Herodotus, and he writes this about the Persians on this. He says, if a Persian man meets another on the road, it is easy to see if the two are equals, for if they are, they kiss each other on the lips without speaking. And then he went on and talked about like whether they would bow or a kiss on the cheek or whatever, all these different uh, things. Uh, Rome actually in the first century actually had come up with laws about kissing. Um, and it was based on who was worthy uh, to receive a kiss because it carried this meaning about um, who is acceptable right? Or who, who belongs. And so it, it kind of had all of this symbolic meaning that was affirming someone's acceptability. So it, when the New Testament is talking about this, like greet one another with a holy kiss, 
it's getting back to this idea. There's something more here with this. L let, me, let me illustrate it in this way, just to get a feel for the meaning of it. I want you to think about a time in your life where you showed up someplace and you were like the odd person out, right? Maybe, maybe you were invited to some get together. Maybe there was a friend that invited you to something. Maybe it was a work party or something at school and you showed up. And when you showed up, like maybe the people you knew weren't there, didn't come or weren't there yet. Do you remember what that was like? Just like there were conversations going on. Maybe people would see you, but they just like, they didn't know you. And so you're just kind of standing there and it's all about the conversations and the connections and you're just kind of left out. Ever have a moment like that? And it's not like you're in danger. It's not like you're in pain but I bet it didn't feel very good, did it? Ever go, I'm gonna go get, you know, an appetizer or something, and it's just because I just need something to do to, to, to make it look like I'm not someone here who doesn't belong, because right now I feel like I don't belong, right? We've probably all had moments like that. Now I want you to imagine, who is the person you know that if they walked through the door in that moment, and locked eyes with you, you're like, oh, it just changes everything. Because they, they see you and they're gonna call out your name. They see you and you know they're gonna engage with you. They're gonna ask you questions, right? They're the person, they're gonna use whatever relationships they have in that room and they're gonna introduce you to other people and all of a sudden the person that you looked at awkwardly and didn't make eye contact, all of a sudden you're in a conversation with that person and you're finding commonalities and stuff and it's like that person like took you from a space of not belonging to feeling like, oh, I belong. Remember what that felt like? Like, who, who was that person? Who would that person be that you would want in that situation? See, that's kind of what this is getting at. And imagine this. What would it be like if you were that person? If you were the person that had the ability to engage someone in a way that brought them into feeling as if now they have a place, as if now they belong. See, um, if you go back to the first century, oftentimes there's a moment, right, where, there, where there's a kiss that is, is exchanged or a kiss that is given that would have that effect. It, it is symbolically saying you belong, you're acceptable, you have a place here, right? There's a part of this that on the symbolism of it, it carries something really powerful. So I want you to think about the early church for a little bit right? The early church um, had this vision that was put in place by Christ, that the, that the church was to be this place of deep acceptance. You know, there's descriptions of how the church is, you know, we're to be one. We're to be united. We're like, there's, there's all of this beautiful language about the idea of who we are to be in this. But when you think about the early church, Think about how it started, right? It originally starts as really a small group of like Orthodox Jews that become Christians. And 
you know, at the very beginning, they all would have had that sense of connection and belonging. But remember what happens to the church almost right away. The church begins exploding into all of these other different people groups, right? There were Greeks and Persians and Egyptians, and um, there would have been Romans. There would have been Hellenistic uh, Jews all coming together. And they're bringing all of these differences in it that would have created a clash of cultures, right? Um, so the ideal, right? This beautiful picture of United Church. How do you put that in practice? I mean, it would have been hard for them to even share a meal. Like just getting together for lunch would have been a difficulty. Like think about this for a second, right? Greeks, uh, Greeks and Jews uh, would have uh, been okay with eating beef. And the, the Egyptians would have like, they would have found that offensive. And the Egyptians and the Greeks, they didn't have any problems with eating pork, right? And the Jews, they would not have liked that at all. The Greeks, the Greeks didn't even like how anyone sounded when they spoke in their native language, right? There was this running thing going on for centuries with the Greeks with it, that, you know, they loved their language so much. And when they heard any other language, and this was kind of the running thing that the Greeks would say, is that when you hear any other language spoken compared to Greek, it sounded just like bar, 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 bar. That's, and they would joke about this to the point that the word barbarian, right? When you think of a barbarian, that comes from the Greeks describing all those other people that speak those other like, you know, less than languages that just like bar, 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 right? And now you're going to get them all together, right? Think about this for a moment. Imagine this. Imagine that you, imagine you're, you grew up in an Egyptian culture. And you are living in the first century and you move from somewhere in Egypt um, uh, just north to the city of Corinth in Greece and you become a Christian, right? And now you go, you start, right? You become a Christian and now you're going to start going to church with this other group of Christians. Chances are um, that first service you went to might have been held in a synagogue, right? Or at the very least, it would have been in the home of a Jewish leader and everything about it would have been Jewish. The way they spoke, the way they dressed, everything. Can you imagine what it would be like? And you go in and it's just feeling like, I don't know if I belong to this, right? They're talking about stories from some Hebrew, you know, Old Testament thing that like, and I don't like, I don't know the stories and I kind of feel left out. And they're going, all of these things. Imagine what it would feel like in that moment. But then imagine what it would be like if there's someone who came alongside you and with a smile on their face, they welcomed you in. And when you did something that, that normally would have been embarrassing because it might've offended your host or whatever, that they're just like, you're like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're fine. And what, what would it have been like if someone else would have said, let me, let me help you. I'll explain some of this stuff to you that maybe you're not getting right now. You know, at first you might be like, okay, that was really nice, but can I trust it? Is this gonna last? Do I really belong? But imagine if time after time, what started stacking up is a group of people that just kept including you. Imagine what it'd be like if they started asking you questions about your background, how you understood spiritual things. Imagine what would happen if you started getting pulled into that more and more 
in a beautiful, accepting, belonging kind of way. That would be a gorgeous thing to the point that you could come and trust it. See, that, that's the point. Um, and there's a real, don't miss this. What's happening in the New Testament where you see again and again these moments where New Testament um, authors are encouraging us towards certain things, like greet one another with a holy kiss. The early church understood that it was their job to make that gorgeous picture of what Jesus talked about a reality. The whole church understood it was all of their job to make the reality of what it meant to really be one body, united in Christ, even with all of their differences in this. And I think, I think in a really practical way, what these New Testament authors are doing with this is they're just trying to say, can we give you something really practical that just helps you move towards that affirmation of acceptance and belonging? And that becomes important. And you know, when you think about it, it's not just something that was important for back then. I think it's important now. It's interesting in Corinthians, uh, we see this again, but I want you to see the verse uh, before this. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, starting verse 11. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, right? Because there'd be all of these different groups and all of these things that would have been offensive in their different cultures and all of this thing. Uh, strive for full restoration, encourage one another. Look at this, be of one mind, live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you, right? And he's encouraging them towards this. You know why? Because that wouldn't have been the norm. And it's not the norm for us today either, is it? Um, I remember when we were building this site, when, when we were actually trying to move the church from the site we were at previously to this site. And so as you can imagine, we had, because we're moving an entire campus, we had engaged contractors and developers and architects and engineers and everything you can imagine. And we had one developer that had been helping us with the uh, old site and this site some. And he had engaged a separate architect. So we had an architect that was designing all these buildings, but there were all of these other things where it's just, we needed like more help on this. And he engaged this one architect, his name was Thomas, engaged him to help out with these different things. And I noticed in these meetings at different moments that we'd be talking about something and one of us, we'd get a phone call or we would, we would start talking about something about ministry with the church or something we were doing in the middle of these construction meetings. And most of the construction guys and architects would just be like, okay, that's great. I'm gonna, and they're like focused on like plans and building stuff. And I always noticed Thomas was like, like there was, he had like a curiosity about it. And so I, one day I just, I asked him about it and he, and he asked me some questions back and I invited him. I said, you should come, you should come to church sometime. And he goes, oh, no, 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 no. You, you don't want me at your church and laughed about it. I said, no, no, really. You know, like you would want, we would want you. Like you should come. He goes, no, no, no. And he just really pushed back. So I just kind of let it go. And then sure enough, another meeting, you just feel the curiosity that he had with this. And I said, Thomas, I, I promise you, like, if you've got no church background or whatever, like, it's okay. You should, you should come. And he goes, no, you don't want me. I go, no, I, we really do. He goes, no, you know, I'm Jewish. Like, I don't belong there. And I said, I promise you, 
It is okay for you to be here. In fact, we have people that are Jewish that come to our church. Like, you should come and be a part of it. He's like, no, no, and I just kind of left it. And then as we got close to moving up on this site, this building wasn't done. We had some other buildings here. Our offices weren't here. So, um, and maybe some of you remember this. Maybe some of you were here. Our very first church service up here was in what? A great big tent, right? Remember that tent? We set it up in the parking lot and we did this whole huge service before we moved in here. And with that, we, in, we had city officials and, and some mayors and we had all the construction people and all the architects, like all the people that helped make this huge endeavor happen. And I remember saying, Thomas, you were a part of making this happen. You should come and just let us honor you a little bit. And he goes, no, no, no. And I said, Thomas, I promise you, it'll be okay. And that's when he said this real telling thing, right? He said, um, God wouldn't want me there. I realized, okay, this, this is really deep for him. And, I, and you could just read it. it. It was really deep for him. And we had a conversation out of that. And he still couldn't come. Like he said, I, I, I just, it's, I, I shouldn't come. I remember just feeling like a couple of things. One, it broke my heart a little bit that one of the guys that helped make this all happen, right? Helped build the church. Didn't feel okay being in it or a part of it. But it was also a really powerful lesson to me personally of just like how much there can be someone who maybe has experienced spiritual things or life differently than me to a point that something that I could feel so comfortable with and see so much goodness in would just be something that they could absolutely just say, I, I have no place there. And just like, wow. And you could feel the depth of that and what it meant. And, and especially just that irony that he had done so much to help in all of this. It's still a problem today. And it's why after Paul makes this point about the beauty of one mind living in peace, right? Living with the God of love in this. He says this in the very next verse. He says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Because that thing I just said earlier, that's gonna be hard, guys. Because people are gonna feel all the differences. People are gonna feel they're like there are gonna be things that go on in our lives and we're not going to feel like we're acceptable to that or that we have no place in that. But there's something really tangible that you can do that can help communicate symbolically and physically in a tangible way. Yes, you do belong. You are accepted here in this place. And so I think about our world and I just think maybe the application for us here is just to realize maybe there are some deliberate things we need to do, right? And again, not saying let's run around and kiss everyone all the time. That might defeat the purpose, right? But what can we do that actually makes this a place where the ideal of unity in the beauty of a community in Christ isn't just a lofty idea, 
but it's experienced. It's felt. It's something that's tangible, that actually does pull people in in a beautiful, beautiful way. And I think about what uh, the New Testament authors say. It's interesting. They all talk about this idea of the kiss. Most often they talk about it as a holy kiss. And it's always greet one another. It's always at the beginning. When you get together on the front end, greet one another. And here's why that's important. Because um, if the symbolism in all of this is about acceptance or belonging, uh, the way the world sees this, the way religion most often sees this, is that all comes on the back end, right? There's this thing about if you're acceptable, if you fit in, if you believe and behave in all the right ways, then, right, then you get the embrace of being accepted and pulled in. And what I find here that is the opposite of this, it's like the New Testament authors are saying, no, you don't wait for anything. You start off this way. You start with all, you just, you work off the assumption that well, you don't need to know anything more. This is a human being. You greet them in a way that says, you have a place with us. I'm, I'm gonna view you as acceptable. You know, the other thing that is unique about what the New Testament authors do that you don't, that I didn't see any place in, in any of the history studies that we did in this is a holy kiss, right? They always talk about, it's a holy kiss. It's not just a kiss, it's a holy kiss. What's going on with a holy kiss? Well, you know what I love about this? It's because... That, that sense of affirmation, that sense of affection for, that sense of saying you belong, isn't based on what I find acceptable. It's not based on what I think makes you uh, someone who should belong because it's a holy kiss. It is not based in you or me. If it's holy, it's based in who? Jesus Christ. And so I don't have to worry about it. I, Jesus gets worried about that. My job, your job, our job, is just to say, we're going to start right where Christ starts, right? We're just, I'm going to greet you and treat you in a way that says you're acceptable. You belong. That's the beauty of this. So picture, picture the early church, right? Picture yourself in that early church, right? And you walk through the door what would it be like if people don't wait to analyze anything and everything about you before they decide to say, we're glad you're here? See, and those New Testament authors, they're saying, this is the kind of community that the church is supposed to be. So can I just offer some really, I mean, this, I'm gonna just make this super practical, right? Um, so if we're not gonna run around kissing each other all of the time, and not that I'm like, well, I don't wanna say that I'm against that, I, I just... You know what I mean, right? I'm just not going to try and explain that anymore. What I'm trying to say is there's a practical way to think about this. And I'm just, I want to just walk through a couple of things here that are just simple, practical ways to live this out. And it starts with, in, right, in our culture here, it's in our words oftentimes. You know, one of the most beautiful things you can say when you see someone here Maybe you've known them for a long time. Maybe it's a new person. I'm glad you're here. I'm happy that you're here and present with me. Because that means something, right? We, like that, just that communicates this sense of value. Use your words. You know, another thing that's really important in our culture um, is eye contact. 
and a smile. We communicate so much non-verbally through a smile, through eye contact that is so important. And so it's just saying, the way I make eye contact, the way I interact non-verbally, am I, what am I communicating in this moment? You know, one of the other things that is really important, like in our culture, it's what we do with our computers and our phones and our tablets and all that. We're busy people and there's so many things that we can pull out and get involved in. You know, there's something that happens when, when we get into a conversation or something. And again, it's not like you can never, you know, you know, open up your computer or whatever if you're in a group of people. But there's something about moments when we just say, yeah, those other distracting things, I just, I'm, I'm gonna just let those sit. And I'm gonna focus on you for a moment. I'm gonna ask some questions, right? There's something that is really beautiful if we're cognizant of that in those moments uh, in all of this. Um, it especially happens like when you think about a new person coming into the church in some moment, right? The difference between making church something that it, somebody attends and something that somebody is a part of is the interaction that they have. You know, and now, and I'm going to say this, and, and if this is you in this moment and you want to hide the bag that you were given when you came in, you're more than welcome to do this. But here's uh, just a thought, you know, when a new person comes onto our campus, if they, if they come across anyone in our guest services thing, we always give them a gift. Every first time uh, person here gets a gift, a little brown bag where we've got some stuff in there, like we give them a free coffee and some other things in there. And if you just happen to be standing next to somebody who's holding one of those bags, and that's why I say right now, if, if you're a first time guest right now, and you're like, I, I don't, I want to blend in just a little bit, that's perfectly okay. And you can just hide the bag. You, you can pull all the stuff out and stick it in your purse or your pockets or whatever and hide the bag if you want. But just know that when you see one of those bags around here, that's someone who's here for the very first time. And you, you have an opportunity to make your way from wherever you are to wherever they are. And maybe it's the words, I'm glad to see you. Maybe it's to say, hey, I saw the bag and just, you know, but if you're new, welcome. And if you've got any questions about this church or anything, feel free to ask, right? Because what you're, like, what is it that you're con, uh, conveying in those moments? You know, one of the other powerful things that we all have the ability to do and it is to connect people to our connections. And this is really important. If you belong to this place for any length of time, right? You walk in this room and there's connections that you have, people that you know. One of the most beautiful things that happens is when there's somebody with very few connections because they're new here, gets to borrow the connections of you or me. When I say, hey, I want to introduce you to this person that I know and introduce you to this person. It's like they're leaving here with more than they came in with. Like you connected them to a few other people and there's something so beautiful when someone else does the work to not let you hang there, but actually helps you make a connection because they're using their relationship to make that connection. And you all have the ability to do that. And uh, lastly here, we all have the ability to make the invite. If you belong to one of our small groups, if you belong to one of our Sunday groups that you know, meets uh, during, you know, uh, during each hour of services, right? There's groups that are meeting in the off hour. 
to simply invite them to that. Maybe there's some activity or just invite them and make it personal. You know, um, after we had that big celebration in the tent and, you know, there was still work that had to be done. This building was only, you know, partly finished. And I remember having some more conversations uh, with Thomas. And one day he asked some more questions and I just like, it was just killing me, right? And I didn't want to like run him over. I wanted to be like so sensitive to like what was going on in his life, but I wanted him to know he was really welcome here. And I remember gently trying to do that. And the, the developer that I had known before that who actually invited Thomas to come and help out with all of this stuff, his name was Rod. And Rod saw what I was doing. And Rod didn't go to church very often. And Rod, and I had gotten him to come here and he would come a little bit here. And finally, Rod looked at Thomas and just goes, dude, you should come and I'll sit next to you. And if you're worried about the lightning thing, it, like God's not gonna hit his own building with some lightning, right? And he started laughing, right? We all started laughing. And I said, Thomas, we really do want you here. And I said this and I, and I caught myself, I go, you have saved our bacon so many times. And he looked in, I know. And then I said, okay, I didn't mean bacon. And I just, 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 you really are welcome here, okay? It's just like, we laughed about it. And back then, when we first moved into this building, it, we had stairs all along the front because anyone who was on platform, worship leaders, instrumentalists, the uh, pastors, whoever's preaching, we sat like in the front row down here and we would go up and down off the stairs. And so I knew I'd actually be sitting out there and I could tell he was just like, oh, you know, and Rod's like, I'll sit next to you, you know, like, and I said, you know what? I'll sit on the other side of you. Just sit with us in this. And it's like that invitation that came from both Rod and I to just, right, it wasn't, I want to invite you to go to church. It became an invitation of come with me, come with Rod. It was just enough. And he came and he was blessed by it. And sometimes people just, right, what is the thing that they need that helps them understand in a tangible way there's somebody who says, I'm enough, I belong, I am okay exactly the way I am right now. That should epitomize the church. And when it becomes practical, when we treat one another that way and we treat new people that way, the church flourishes. So I just lay this out as a challenge to love one another in a way that affirms them and lets them know that they belong, that's all of our jobs. And may we, like, may we help that become a practical reality. Um, I'm gonna close this out here. And as I do, why don't you stand? Um, and before I pray, let me just say, if you are a guest here, if you're new, I hope I didn't embarrass you too much if, you, if you've got that, one of those gift bags. And if you didn't get a gift bag, Come meet me right over here. I'm gonna be right over there. I'll make sure you get one uh, this morning because we would love to give you one and I'd love to just shake your hand. We're gonna have some of our uh, worship leaders and other pastors over there and volunteers that would love to meet you as well. And it was so good having all of you here this morning. Let me uh, close this in prayer and we'll be dismissed. Father, we just thank you so much that you are a God that just um, has created a kind of organization, a kind of community, a kind of church 
where everyone can have a place in it. And for that, we are grateful. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Have a great morning. See you next Sunday.